The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that wonders, why is the winter meetings in the fall? I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Open up your third eye. It's winter until December 22nd, folks. That's a great point. Um, I think you meant to say fall until December 22nd, but you're right. Yeah. Why can we not call these? the f- First of all, hi, Jake. It's nice to see you again. Uh, hey. I'm back. Hello. Uh, we are not at the winter meetings quite yet, although that will Mm-mm. be our next destination next week. Coming to you live from Nashville. Very excited about that. But more importantly, Jake, I'm here. Now, that's not that big of a deal. But why is it a big deal? Because I didn't podcast with you on Wednesday, sadly. Because if you can still kind of tell in my voice, and maybe you could have tell, uh, could have told on Monday, I was trending in the wrong direction. Uh, yeah, uh, COVID. That's still a thing that's going around. Not a hoax. Very real. Wow. And it kind of wiped me out for a few days there. So but, basically, like as soon as we stopped talking about Otani, it was downhill in a hurry. And I did not recover in time for Wednesday's show. But I am here and I'm excited to be back to talk about some transactions that you saved for us to talk about, which I really appreciate. So that's what I'm we're going to do here. Soul. We're recording this on Thursday evening since you have some some Friday uh, morning travel. So if anything happens overnight Thursday, that's the reason. But we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. It is Awesome to see that you have endured and survived the Fauci disease. Um, who, by the way, Anthony Fauci can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com, just like the rest of you. Yeah. I'm sure he's at least relatively less busy now than, you know, before, but he still probably has better things to do. But you find people listening. You definitely don't have better things to do than email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. Uh, Let's just get us out of the way now. All the people who sent us their Spotify rap saying that we were their most listened podcast, incredibly kind. I know that a lot of that is that we do a lot of podcasts, so kind of skewing the numbers. I know our friends at Tipping Pitches kind of accuse us of that. We're giving you a lot of things to listen to. Uh, maybe it is quantity over quality, but we like to think that we are delivering a somewhat uh, medium quality show, and it really does mean a ton to us that so many people listen. So thank you all who, who sent us their screenshots. Kyle Gibson got paid for bulk, baby. We ain't no different. Yeah, best availability is availability, except for me this week. Uh, So I felt extra bad looking at all those as I was in bed not podcasting. But anyway, uh, on this episode, this Friday edition of Baseball Barbercast, we are going to review all those transactions that we missed. We have started to get some signings on the free agent market. Nothing too crazy. We still have not talked about the Mariners trade that they made right before Thanksgiving, um, which put me in an even worse mood than the COVID I endured after Thanksgiving. But we will talk about that. We'll talk about some of the Mets signings and uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is not signed yet. But there are some interesting reporting surrounding his free agency that we wanted to laugh about. Uh, We're also going to have a little bit of a a game here that we recorded back when we were together in New York, a little game that we're calling Free Agency Mad Libs. Maybe we'll bring that out at some point if the if the market remains slow and cold. Uh, but for now, we're going we're gonna to mix that in here on this Friday edition, thanks to the wonderful producing of Chris Tyler. But Jake, 
We have mucho transactions to discuss today. Which one would you like to begin with? Sonny Gray. Um, Sonny Gray signed with the Cardinals. And before we talk about the fit and how the Cardinals are signing old folks, do you know Sonny Gray's real name? Do you know his real first name? Oh, man. So it's funny because now I just default to Donald because when you learn that Zach Granke's name is Donald. Now, Sonny is, that's, I guess, more of a nickname than Zach is, I believe, just Donald's middle name. <laughs> um, but that's just like my default when it's like, oh, you know that baseball player? His name's actually not that. I'm just like, oh, it's Donald. So I, I assume it's not Donald, but but what, what, what do you got for me? It's actually Sonny. Oh, it His is. Name All is right, birth name Sonny. There we go. Birth name Sonny, which I love because it's like his parents... He, you know, he's born and his parents are like, well, would it? He's just, he's our son. He. Nobody named Cloudy. Nobody. Rainy. It's probably more people named Rainy, right? First name. I know we have Tanner Rainy, but Cloud, Sunny, but also Sunny with an O, not a U. That's another yeah. difference. That's what I'm see. saying. Like, it's the, my son. Sonny. <laughs> it's like <laughs> when you're watching a show about cartoons. Yeah. And there's a dog named Doggy, mm-hmm. or like a little kid names its stuffed animal That's Bear true. Barry. It's no, you're Sun, right. The son named Sonny. I've always found that great. And the name Sonny Gray, yeah, sounds fake. By the way, true. It Sonny Gray. That's true. Sounds it does, like it a, sounds like a rescue hero or a backyard baseball player. Okay, it's Sunny Day. Sunny Day, not Sunny Gray. No, I, I'm aware. I'm very aware. <laughs> well, but now I'm thinking about how I made the reference to Cloudy. There's no female equivalent. I mean, I, right? We don't. I guess Daughtry is a band. So, <laughs> what are you saying? You have a oh, son, Daughtry. and you have a daughter. <laughs> you can be named Sunny, or you could be named Daughtry. I guess. Uh, anyway, I'm going home, uh, Jake. Tell me about Sonny Gray, the pitcher, who is now in the St. Louis Cardinals. Sonny Gray, the pitcher, is a very interesting case. He's had a fascinating career arc. I believe he is a top five war leader for like pitchers under a certain height oh, over yes. the last like X years. He is the epitome of short king energy. He has accumulated. 30 wins above replacement in his big league career. That is an 11-year career. He came up first with the A's in 2013 after being a first-round pick out of Vanderbilt, where he had a phenomenal career as a Commodore in college. And then he was like he was one of the best pitchers in the world mm-hmm. for the first three years of his career. Mm-hmm. He was a legitimate ace pitching for A's teams that were perpetually in the playoffs, starting game ones of playoff series all the time and then he has a down year in 2016 and then the worst thing that ever happened to anybody he was traded to the New York Yankees where how do we put this kindly the the city ate him up a little bit and he certainly did not thrive as a Yankee and then in 2019 he went to the Reds where he was spectacular got Cy Young votes then he goes to the to the the twins in 2022 where he's like pretty good. And then this season he has straight up the best year of his entire career finishes second in the American league. Cy Young starts 32 games, 
with a 2.79 ERA, a mark that was supported by batted ball metrics and his fielding independent pitching and his BABIP numbers. He was one of the best pitchers in the world this year, and the Cardinals paid him accordingly. It is obviously a tick below, a notable tick below, like the Verlander, Scherzer short-term deals that we have seen recently. Mm-hmm. However, he is 34, and there are dur- some durability concerns given the fact that he has kind of fluctuated uh, in quality. Jordan, what do you make of the deal? It's 375, correct? Yep. 375 and some reporting about it being a little bit backloaded to allow the Cardinals to maybe have a little bit more flexibility this year. Sounds like there's even a team option for a fourth year. But yeah, I, I really came to appreciate Sonny Gray this year. Um, I you know He's been around, again, this was his 11th season, so it's not like we haven't gotten used to him. And that one bad season in New York was definitely bad, uh, but it was not a met, like it was such a small enough sample where it wasn't like, they had put, I know it was clearly a bad trade, but I don't know, like, I was not surprised that he bounced back as soon as he was gone. And by the way, for him to go to Cincinnati and succeed in that ballpark was really impressive, you know? And and the way that he kind of got back to pitching, the way that he was doing it in Oakland, in a giant ballpark and still succeed was so impressive. And I, you know, I, I one of my favorite conversations this year was actually talking to Dallas Keuchel about Sonny Gray. Uh, when I wrote about the Twins pitching going into the postseason, and he's someone who competed against him, not only saw him in, in college in the SEC, but also, of course, when he was with the Astros and Sonny was in Oakland. And he knew that, like, Sonny's the kind of pitcher that because he throws so many different pitches and he just, he is so in control of what he's doing and, and wants to, basically, he's out there, he is out there pitching, right? And that doesn't mean that his stuff isn't good, but he is, in terms of very much game planning and executing a game plan that he's prepared for, and that he is, and now, especially for someone that's been in the league for a decade, he knows these hitters that he's facing, and he thrives with with all that information. I think that both in Cincinnati and Minnesota, he had exactly the kind of coaching staff that could maximize that. And I'm really curious what that fit's going to be like in St. Louis. My guess is in St. Louis, they're going to be like, Sonny, do whatever the fuck you want. Do whatever like, you we want. We trust you. Like that's, whereas in Minnesota, you know, they have a lot more of support staff on the pitching side. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm going to guess that Sonny's going to come in here, especially, you know, Wainwright's gone. Sonny's going to come in there and he's going to be the dude. In the way that he was in Minnesota also, they all looked up to him. That's going to how it's going to be in St. Louis, even though he's not the oldest guy there because there's they're all in their mid-30s. But Sonny's the one that is really the the most accomplished, even more than a guy like Lynn, more than a guy like uh, Gibson and Michael Lissons and so on. I love the idea of... Like Lance Lynn looking up, to looking Sonny up in Gray. many senses, and, right? And this Lance is a, Lynn is like double Sonny Gray's size. <laughs> yeah, Lance Lynn is two Sonny Grays. If you look at the Cardinals' rotation, and this is a good pivot now, their projected rotation. If the season started tomorrow, which thankfully it is not, I'm not ready. Sonny Gray, 34. Miles Michaelis, 35. Kyle Gibson, 36. Lance Lynn, 36. And Stephen Matz, who. Just stinks. He's 32. Okay. Which is hilarious that he's 32. It's like, I thought he was always 27. Also, Ali Marmol, 37. (laughs) So that's the other funny thing about this. And, you know, we already had that dynamic with Marmol and and Wainwright, but we're going to recreate it. But now these pitchers are, it's not as much of, oh, nice Adam Wainwright. You know what a nice send. Like, no, like these are, these are the most important pitchers on the team. Now there's still time for St. Louis to make another addition, but I think this is great. I think the sequencing of these moves after you're know, coming after, you know, Lynn and Gibson is why people got to dunk on the Cardinals for a couple of days. 
I, I, I'm, I'm in on the Gibson pick. I, I think Gibson's underrated. I think that he's someone that I could totally see succeeding there for sure. And, and, and I like Sonny Gray a lot. So, I mean, it's, it's not that complicated, but this was a fit that even Sonny Gray was like, yeah, I wanted to be a Cardinal, which makes sense. He wanted to be, it sounds like he wanted to be somewhere close to his home in Nashville. I think he was considering a return to the Reds, but it's not surprising that St. Louis was able to outbid them. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, do you think that St. Louis needs to go one step further and, and add one more? I would say yes. Whether that's via trade or via free agency, it seems like they still have some more money to work with. But I, I would expect them to go at least at least one more. Uh, the Mets did this last year, which was a more sorting by version, eight. But yeah. Yeah. But with better pitchers, like yeah. Verlander, Scherzer. But yes. Older, but better. Yeah. And they've they've sorted by age, and they've been like, "All right, these yeah, yeah. this is what this is exactly what I want." I I know that they have opted for durability here with Gray, uh, Michaelis, Gibson, Lynn. Even Mats has been relatively durable for a guy who's not particularly good. Like he posts, at least sure. he did this year enough. Someone's gonna miss time. Like if you build the, I've said this a thousand times. You build the boat out of old wood, it's gonna rot and so they need at least one more arm for me to feel good about them i would say the other thing i I take away from this is like they clearly cannot be very high on libertor which is like a little bit surprising matthew libertor you know the young lefty who who was top prospect they traded for him and i'm not saying i i think libertor is some future ace but it it is interesting that a guy like him a guy like palante who i guess has kind of moved more into the into the bullpen role like it seems like they are not trusting what they have coming. Even some of the guys that they've just recently traded for that maybe could be making an impact this year. Like they, they clearly want to go with, with the vets. And I agree that that could backfire, which is why I would like for them to go get someone a little bit more either younger or proven or higher upside. I don't know, but I do like the gray fit there. That, that, that is not uh, too complicated. All right, let's speed run a couple of these other moves. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Mariners mm-hmm. send Eugenio Suarez and all of his charisma to the Arizona Diamondbacks for Sebi Zavala and Carlos Vargas. Zavala is a third catcher on a roster. He's a second Var- catcher now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a second catcher now. I'm telling you that. Uh, and Carlos Vargas, who is a minor league pitcher. Yeah, just a crazy, ridiculously hard thrower. No idea where it's going. You know, one of those. But he, uh, he's like, he was in the big leagues last year briefly. So upper level. How are you feeling about this? Sending away an expensive but... An expensive, flawed, but productive player away for maybe a future reliever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's a giant freaking bummer. Like, that's pretty straightforward. I mean, with the very clear decision at the outset of the offseason to prioritize contact, let Teoscar Hernandez go. But, you know, it's what, like, okay, like, if you want to prioritize contact, that's fine. You you know, they make the trade for Luis Arias and seems like they're content with him being the starting third baseman, which I don't, again, like I like that move if he is like a the first bench bat or a, a you know a second base platoon, like a good, like there's reason to bet on uh, Luis Arias, former top prospect who's only 26, was injured last year. Like that's all fine. Penciling him in for 155 games for an offense that intends to compete for something real, like that doesn't make any sense to me. As for Suarez, like they clearly decided it wasn't that expensive. I think what he was making was probably about what he was worth. But if they're working within budgetary limits, which is extremely frustrating and embarrassing on many levels, then you can understand the front office saying this production for this, whatever, $11, $13 million is not, is not worth it. And 
Suarez this past year, while his defense suddenly was amazing, which is very impressive, and and, and he's going to keep his value up, I think, in Arizona, uh, there was just a little bit less oomph. And he led the league in strikeouts for the second straight year, was walking less. It was just a little bit uglier, a little bit more reckless. At the same time, it's like you take Suarez and Teoscar out of the lineup, and now we got Cal Raleigh, who I love, but he should not be batting third. Like, he just shouldn't be batting third. So there's clearly more work to do, and I think that they will still make more moves. But as it stands now, again, it's a sequencing thing. It just does not look great. I'm sure they'll turn Carlos Vargas into something. I think Sebi Zavala is a fine backup catcher, although that also probably set, uh, you know ends the Tom Murphy era, which is kind of a bummer um, as another fan favorite. But whatever. Like they, Again, like they, unfortunately, they've, they've primed us to be prepared for these kind of moves, and I just have to hope that they have a larger plan to add to the offense and i right. think they like, will but we we they, they really like i said they don't have they don't have the benefit of the doubt on many respects here so i hope they prove us wrong yeah like jerry comes out and says we're trying to win 54 percent of the games and then makes a trade that smells like those comments yeah 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 totally yeah especially if you're working with yeah i mean that's 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 the issue and i mean i think that like the, the Seawall deal is, is more like that because, again, it's you're thinking like this big long-term thing and maybe that's what Urias represents versus Suarez, whatever. Um, so the Mariners, like it's a bummer, whatever. I, I don't want to make too much of it. Obviously, I was pissed they of, and even though I understand it, that's a lot of the Mariners' moves nowadays. Uh, quickly, on Arizona side, like this is a great way to address third base, right? We wondered if they would have to go after Candelario, go after Chapman. Like, here's the truth. Longoria was was a bad baseball player this year. It was, it was a really cool story. Whoa. It was really cool to see him on the team. Uh, I'm glad he got to go to the World Series. He was bad. So if they can have a good third baseman, that is good. And even a Suarez that strikes out 200 times is a good third baseman. So <laughs> nice job, Mike Hazen. I'm very impressed. And and by the way, beyond just the obvious oh, good vibes only, but like, no, it is true. He is an 80-grade clubhouse person, 80-grade human being. There is nobody that dislikes this person and you will, anybody who's with Arizona now, like he is, he is just an incredible addition uh, to that group. And I, I could not be more excited for him. And I will always root for that guy. He, he was a true joy to watch as, and, and by the way, I'm glad he was that way because when he's bad at the plate, it is one of the least enjoyable hitters to watch, but because he, he offers so much and, and uh, everything else is, he, he really was one of my favorite Mariners over the last five years or so. The on-field enjoyment delta to personality is as big as it gets. Yeah. Because you're right. When he's bad, it's like he's wearing a blindfold. But it's good to know that beneath it all, there's a man making other people happy. Tigers signed Kenta Maeda. Yeah. Two years, $24 million. He joins a rotation that is chock full of young, promising, unproven starting pitching. Maeda, Matt Manning, Alex Fajardo, who's fine. Reese Olsen, who is an eyebrow razor. Hey, Reese Olsen. Tarek Skubal, who's good. Joey Wentz, Casey Mize, maybe if he comes back. There isn't, that's, you know, meh. we're going to spend all winter going like, eh, it's the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and obviously if they still had Erod, it would look a lot better. Um I'm 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 still bullish on Mize. Like I Olsen was was impressive and Scooble was like the best pitcher of baseball in September. But Maeda, again, all those same things we said about Sonny Gray, like it's the same thing. I mean, Kenta Maeda is throwing 90 miles an hour now, and it just doesn't matter because his splitter is still so good and his off-speed stuff and his command is still so good and strikeouts were still there. 
uh, which is really impressive for someone that throws 90 miles an hour. So he's perfect for them. I mean, again, not not that complicated, and just nice to see Detroit being aggressive in, in an early way. I thought Maeda was one of the more underrated pitchers on the market, and I, I'm, I'm nice to see him land there. The second in the Cy Young in 2020 is just Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's no... There was a 2020 season that I... Again, I very every so often you just go back and look at 2020 stats and you're just like, how the fuck? Like, dude, <laughs> he had a 0.75 whip. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. It's 11 starts, like it's or 12 starts. 11. But that's the thing, like it's you. You think like, oh my god, and then you realize that guys have that over 12 starts all the time. That doesn't mean it wasn't awesome. Like he's second place in Cy Young. You can't take he that did away it. from him. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He's great. So no, it's a, it's it's a great fit. I don't I don't have much more to add to that other than they should keep going. I mean, they're what their payroll's still at like 80 mil, 80, 90 million. Like, go keep going. Tigers, like AL Central still sucks. If the twins are going backwards, like you should go forwards. I, I don't see why not. The Mets, big money movers. The David Stearns era begins with a plum, taking a one-year $13 million flyer on Luis Severino. Sevi at one point, 2017-2018, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Third young Cy Young finish in 2017. And then the injury bug came a-biting. 12 innings in 19, didn't play in 20. Six innings in 2021, comes back last year and is fine. He's fine. He is a 318 and 102 innings. The uh, underlying numbers say he was a little bit worse than that, but he looked good enough. Maybe not the best version of Luis Severino, but a middle of the rotation starter. And then this year, he was the worst starter in baseball, not named Adam Wainwright. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty or much. like Noah Syndergaard when he was pitching. Um, yeah. It, it, first of all, I can't believe you just glossed over his. You know the injury bug, yeah, but but his Tommy John is an important historic moment. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, I think I'm sure you've said this on the podcast before, but like, I mean, you guys, I, I want to clear out here because I mean, on a serious note, I did kind of want your like you were at Yankee Stadium all the time. I'm sure you were at some Luis Severino starts. Like, I am more curious in your Severino insight. Like, I'm I'm a big fan, whatever, and have been for a long time. But first, I mean, you guys are you guys are are linked forever. Uh Severino got Tommy John the day before me in the same hospital from the same surgeon. <laughs> and he's been better since then than I have, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Um, he's made more money also. Made more money. Yep. Been better. Although, am I happier? I can't. I, honestly, he seems like a pretty happy guy. He does seem pretty happy. But this is where my insight being around Yankee Stadium comes in is that this year, he was not happy. Not happy. He gave off the energy of driving, and I, I don't, this doesn't really happen anymore because we have phones, mm. but I would imagine that like in 1975, if you were going to someone's house and you got lost, you just drove around in circles <laughs> until you thought, until you thought you knew where you were. This is even before we're it. like printing out the map quest. Yeah, which was us in high school. I mean, that was us in high school, was printing oh, out MapQuest, right? I know. But I'm saying like- That's how we would go- get to like, you know, like the bar mitzvah. The mall. The mall. Yeah, the mall. <laughs> the mall. Right. Um, now, that's, that's a great, the energy. That's a analogy. Because it was like, yeah. I, I felt that way watching him. I was like, the dude's still throwing 98. What the fuck's going on? But the difference was, 
he was driving around the same block, right? <laughs> and like, still couldn't find the house. Still couldn't find the house. Just circ- He's like, maybe I should change something. Nope. In circles. And the worst part and the saddest part to me is that the Yankees pitching development, there are a lot of issues with the Yankees, but the Yankees pitching development and pitching coaching staff is pretty good. Matt Blake, their pitching coach, knows what he's doing. And whether it was a communication issue, whether they couldn't get the solution for Severino, whether Severino wasn't taking that information, those are all factors to consider, but the success never showed up. And he just spent the whole season driving around the block looking for that house. And he never find it. And now the Mets are essentially opening the passenger door, hopping in and saying, let's try and They're find saying, it. You're in the wrong neighborhood. You need to come to Queens. <laughs> now, I will say, continuing your, uh, you know, the parallel lives that you've been living since going under the knife, you now will both be in New York, at least for another year, right? Was this good? He's, he he could have ended up with the Dodgers or with who, who knows. But no, he's like, you know what? I'm still comfortable here to some degree. Doesn't have and, to move. Yeah, I don't, yeah right. I, I was wondering that. Maybe he already lives on Long Island. Maybe he, who knows? He lives in Westchester, I believe. Westchester, whatever. Doxed. When you, when you got, when you got, the, when you're adding another thirteen million dollars, you know what's what's another house if if you need. It. Um, but anyway, point is, uh, this will be this is a, a fascinating uh, connection here, and you know we've seen oh people say oh that's Dylan Batanzas. Okay, no, Luis Severino. Now the injuries are concerning, and I will say that I, I'm more worried about the injuries than whatever the fuck he was dealing with this year. He ended the year with an, a serious oblique strain. Obviously, there were some issues coming back from TJ, whatever. Um, he's still 29. He turns 30 right before next season. I don't know. Like, he's still pumped. Like, I, he had one outing uh, towards the end of the year against the Tigers. Again, not a great lineup. When he went seven scoreless with eight in it, with eight strikeouts, no walks. And you, you, it was like, oh, oh, there. It was basically the only time all season where it was like, there. It's right there. It's right there. He's, he's throwing 100 in the sixth inning. It was like, this is Luis Severino. So it's in there, right? People being like, oh, it's a Noah Syndergaard all over. Like, no, 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 no. No. no, no, no. It's, it's this. There is clearly still a good pitcher here um, that are just going to have to figure out what it is. And and there there were a lot of reports about what the problem was, as you said, whether it's communication, whether it's he's tipping, whether it's a mechanical thing. Whether it was injuries, compromising things, there was a lot happening. But I, I just, I, I like this. I mean, it is an interesting first edition for a Mets pitching staff desperately in need of, of I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I don't really know what the Mets think of themselves yet. And I think that this is kind of a move that doesn't tell us what they think of themselves because they might say, great, we're just going to trade this dude in July. That's very possible. Or he'll be an important part of their rotation. I, I don't know. Or he won't pick up a baseball. To me, or the concern won't. is, can Severino stay healthy enough to make the necessary adjustments? Because when you are trying to make mechanical changes, you cannot implement those if you are rehabbing in the training room. Not to say that the injuries are his fault or anything, but that is the reality of trying to get better and change yourself as a pitcher. Fly through the rest of these, Jordan. I cannot believe you put some of these on the sheet. <laughs> Dodgers re-signed Jason Hayward. Good for him. Going to do the same thing. He's never going to face lefties. Mo- the, the biggest part of this move is that Mookie Betts is going to continue to play the infield next year. The only reason he moved in there was so that they could get more at-bats for Hayward in the outfield, left-handed bat against right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. Good for him. 
He doesn't need any more money, but I'm sure he's happy to get it. What was it? 13 mil? I think nine. But I I would just say like, I like this. makes sense for him. And I do think that the Dodgers, so much of the Dodgers offseason is going to hinge on other things like Otani, like Yamamoto, like all these other things that I, I imagine that is impacting whether they're who, what starters are going after and all those things. This was one that's like, okay, let's just, let's just get this done. Obviously was best case scenario for both sides. Happy for both of them. Go Jason Hayward. I'm glad he's still a good baseball player. The Cincinnati Reds were in on Sonny Gray, Mm -hmm. but it seems like he wanted to be a Cardinal. That is an appealing place for baseball players to live, even though it's not a particularly fun city to visit. I live there and I like it. However, the Reds pivoted, signing Nick Martinez and Emilio Pagan. So let's start with Martinez quickly. Very interesting career path. 18th round pick by the Rangers out of Fordham University here in New York, even though he's from Miami. So he goes Miami to Fordham, gets him to the big leagues, is like incredibly sufficient as a back-end starter, goes to Japan, is pretty good for a year or two, and then is phenomenal in 2021, comes back over, signs with the Padres, and then is working in kind of a swingman role where he's... Like, I'm a starter. And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, okay. And was good enough in his starts last year to opt out of the remaining two seasons on his contract and got more money from the Reds two years, 26, than he would have gotten from the Padres. He's going to start for Cincy, it seems like. I love this signing for them. I think it is a low-risk option. If he's not good enough, you move him back to the bullpen. You know that's a, you know you can do that. The Reds need some sort of adults in the rotation. They have so many good young arms, but no one they can rely on. That's Martinez. Totally. Yep. No. No notes. You. You. It's like you go to Reds games all the time, like me. Because yeah, you I mean, I it's it's, per, it's exactly the kind of flexible arm that they need, and uh, and and he's just a great fit. I, I I thought he was underrated on this market, and I'm 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 excited about that ad. Emilio Pagan is a reliever who can give him up, but <laughs> he is more effective than you think. The most interesting thing about Emilio Pagan, who plays for Puerto Rico and the WBC, is that if you are listening to this and you have never heard Emilio Pagan speak, you will be very surprised because Emilio Pagan was born and raised in South Carolina and has a Southern accent and is a big hick. And I will admit, country boy, and I will admit that I did not know this, and there's a little richism going on on my part, and I apologize to Emilio Pagan, but the first time I went over and talked to him, I was like, the, just that sound coming out of the the mouth of Emilio Pagan was jarring, and I had to check myself. Yeah, no, it was a great, it was a, it was a, he's a great, you know, American story where it's like, what? Oh, yep. Cool. There's an Emilio from Simpsonville, South Carolina, a D2 guy, incredible story, former Mariner, and a really yeah. interesting start to his career where he was a, a big league reliever who was pretty good, who pitched on four different teams over his first four seasons of his career. And I remember early, now he didn't make his debut until he was 26, so you know you don't want to start thinking about Rich Hill too quickly. At the same time, I mean, this is his sixth team here, and he, if he's a good reliever, he could keep mouncing around. Uh, but yeah, he now before this year, his biggest issue was home runs. And that is not a problem you want to have uh, in Great American Ballpark. But if they can, you know, keep the pitch mix, he added a splitter more this year. That really helped him. Uh, but a really weird kind of statistical profile this year where 
The strikeouts went way down and so did the ERA. You don't normally see that combination, but that's what happened with him in his second year in Minnesota. Um, I think he's pretty good. Uh, again, he's making a lot of money for someone on the Reds, but like he is the kind of guy that needs to stabilize their bullpen. So I like it. I think the Reds pitching staff, pitching like coaches mm-hmm. will be able to maintain what they were doing in Minnesota. I think Agreed. they're kind yep. of a similar thing. Uh, Royals signed Garrett Hampson. Okay. The White I, Sox. Here, here, here's the only reason I'm mentioning this is that Jeff Passan tweeted it. And Passan is the only person huh. we have our um, no uh, notifications on. on because Jeff doesn't waste tweets. <laughs> now, no, no disrespect to the, all the other newsbreakers out there. I mean, I understand why Ken Rosenthal needs to promote all his other ventures. That's great. But no as issues. someone who just like, I just need to know if I have to look at whatever something happened, like Jeff is the one to follow. And he <laughs> tweeted about Garrett Hampson. Now, it is a major league contract, but I was just like, okay. I don't know why the Royals need Garrett Hampson, but good for Garrett Hampson. <laughs> Jeff is either tweeting about real news or bullying people online. <laughs> Those are the two options. Very and then <laughs> the, the White Sox signed Paul DeYoung, yeah. which is the opposite of Tim Anderson. Yes, they're really collecting Chicago natives. I mean, this is like I know. And him and Nicky Lopez, like I guess they're just they're just trying to get as many guys that we can like put up cute photos of them as kids in White Sox jerseys. Is that the strategy? If you're a bad team, <laughs> no notes. Like sign bad local guys. I That's agree. Awesome. It's fine. It's like Paul DeYoung, he's like, oh, sure, all right. Major wow. league deal. Awesome. So Vic Mensa, you're the new third baseman White for the Sox. White Sox. White Sox. Uh, last thing that we'll send us a break. You know, there's rumors about C Steel. I'm sure we'll probably get that at some point this way. It is interesting. Like, I don't know why they're rushing that when there's so like I would just hold on to that because he's oh. the most attractive guy and there's so many starting pitchers. But but if there's an offer out there that's already so good, then sure. Rosenthal reported this morning that they're unlikely to move before yeah, the okay. other which I, I believe that that makes sense. And then, but at the same time, like Chris gets is not fucking around. Like he's like, I do think he's going to basically try and trade everybody. That's not Luis Robert. I really do think that's what's happening and apparently get as many, you know, Illinois natives uh, as possible. All right. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to send this to, again, a segment we recorded a few weeks ago when we were in New York together. It's just a little game called free agency Mad Libs. What this is, is we had two hats, one hat had a bunch of names of teams. One had a bunch of names of free agents. And we just pulled names out of hats because, honestly, when there's nothing actually happening on the free agent market, might as well make shit up because that's what people like to do on Twitter. But we're going to at least try and rationalize some of these signings. So uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to hear that game of free agency matchups. Hey, everyone. Producer Chris here with a brand new housekeeping note about our merch. Basically, we have a bunch of new stuff. So if you've been looking for a baseball barbercast themed beanie or bucket hat, or even a t-shirt with one of those cool pockets on the chest, well, you can stop looking and start buying because they are all available right now, just in time for winter. Just go to podswag.com slash baseball and don't leave yourself clothesless this winter. That's P-O-D-S-W-A-G dot com slash baseball. Hey everyone, we're going to play a game. I'm Jordan, that's Jake. We host Baseball Barbacast, which you can listen to, Sirius XM Podcast Network. Sound less excited about it. Uh, um, what I'm really excited for is the game we're about to play, Jake, which yeah. is a way to get into free agency. Because free agency is a time when players say, 
oh, that's a lot of money. I'm going to go play for that team. I'll do that. There's no way. We spend all this time speculating, oh, they're going to go there because of those reasons. But you know what's way easier than trying to predict who's going to go where? Making it up. Making it up and pulling teams and players literally out of a hat and putting them together. And so today we are going to do a little bit of improv and pull free agents' names out of and uh, Major League Baseball teams' names out of these two bucket hats, which you can get. On uh, the our, our merch, uh, podswag.com slash baseball. This is how some national reporters report rumors. Exactly. It sure feels that way sometimes. But anyway, it is going to be our job to explain why this free agent that Jake pulls out of the hat will sign with this team, who I will pull out of the hat. Jordan. Yes. Kevin Kiermeyer. Oh, who's Kevin Kiermeyer going to sign obviously with? signing with us. He's clearly signing with the... Pirates. Interesting. Now, this is a move where if I'm Kevin Kiermaier and I just had this career season in Toronto, I'm hoping not to end up in Pittsburgh, right? That feels like a situation where it's like, come on, like, look what I showed. I'm, I know I'm entering my mid-30s. I can do better than Pittsburgh. I should get more money than what Pittsburgh's willing to offer me. It's a fitting location for a guy who loves torrenting things on the internet oh yeah is that we know that about him right that's everyone talks everyone talks about his center field defense but his lime wire record is through the roof uh so yeah so his 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 uh, experience uh on the pirate bay we will see how it goes why don't you go first this time all right who's going to be signing with the yankees uh jake i've pulled the yankees out who's signing with them that one's not funny i'm gonna pick a different one okay all right this one's funny though aaron nola Aaron Nola to the Yankees. Interesting. It is. I do find it fun how when we talk about free agency, we automatically connect the big names with certain teams, even though like some could work. But like I haven't heard Aaron Nola to the Yankees one time. No. <laughs> not a single mention, even though like, honestly, why not? Like, why not? <laughs> I mean, if they're going to be in for Yamamoto or they're going to be in for Blake Snell or they, whatever, I mean, I don't know if they are, but if they're like, why not Aaron Ola? I don't know. And if there's one thing the Yankees rotation could use, it's dependable starts. Someone that will show up. I mean, if they had him and Garrett Cole, the two most dependable starters in baseball, that would think about how much less stressed Aaron Boone would be. Like, you're basically just giving him so much less to worry about. He could spend way more time figuring out how he's going to play Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe and all these other infielders who maybe aren't actually that good. Who's next? Do you hear the sound of this? Yeah. I mean, I do, yeah. Who is that? I can't tell who it is. Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman is signing with the Marlins. Oh, my gosh. So we were wondering if the Marlins would really be willing to spend. Does that make sense? No, because Jake Berger is their franchise third baseman now. We don't need Matt Chapman. I guess Jake Berger then could be DH, which is probably for the best. Matt Chapman is a good-looking dude. Yeah. He would he would do quite well down in in uh, South. That's Bay. all I got. All right, next up. <laughs> who we got? All right, actually, you know who you know who this next player is signing with? Who? Tell me. They're signing with the Giants. They They're are. signing with the Giants. Oh, Chris. Producer Chris, who you guys getting? <laughs> I'm excited. Blake Snell to the Ooh, Giants. Blake Snell to the just Giants. Just what I've always wanted. I feel like, so this is an interesting one. Bob Melvin just had Blake Snell in San Diego. He yeah. watched him probably win the Cy Young, right, which is nice. But we just referred to, oh, wow, Aaron Boone would be so much less stressed if he had Aaron Nell. I Does Bob Melvin want to deal with the Blake Snell managing experience again as great as he is like is bob melvin going to farhan and saying we need to bring in blake snell 
I doubt it. <laughs> I, I mean, I could be wrong. By the way, this is nothing about Blake Snell the person, who by all accounts, very fine. good teammate, whatever, people like him, it's fine. But as far as the managing experience, it's not interested. Not probably not something Bob Melvin. Sounds wants. like a stressful yeah. experience. Let's not do a me. couple more here. All right, what's next? Who's signing with the Royals? Cody Bellinger. Why, Jordan? <laughs> okay, Cody Bellinger to the Royals. You know, if if imagine Cody Bellinger, this 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 great hitter, yeah, uh, one of the few good hitters in this market. We assume all the projections for his contract are all over the place because it's like, well, you know, when there's so few hitters, some teams just get the bidding is just going to get crazy. For the Kansas City Royals to win this, yeah, would be quite a twist. Yeah, I think this involves some sort of financial windfall, unforeseen, maybe right. a bag of money or discovered a just, in a backyard, or if someone can buy, someone else can just buy the Royals yeah. and make that happen very quickly. A generous donation from an anonymous donor. <laughs> yes. I love Otherwise, that. Otherwise, it's going to be right. I like when you you go to an event and they when they're reading off the, the the big oh we appreciate our sponsors you know these and then anonymous anonymous like damn anonymous stepped up big time for Cody Bellinger <laughs> to Kansas out City to uh, anonymous yeah I don't uh, I don't see this one happening okay I don't see this one happening I don't think but and even if they did I still would probably wouldn't pick the Royals in the in the AL Central Clayton Kershaw. Oh, okay. So I doubt Clayton Kershaw is signing with anybody, but I, for the most part, we've assumed Dodgers Rangers retirement. Do you have retirement in that hat? I don't think so, but you know who I do have? Who? The Nationals. The Nationals. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is an interesting one. Why would he want to go to the Nats? Why would he want to live in D.C.? If mm. he wants to parlay his baseball career into a life in politics. Okay. He's ready. He's not quite ready to retire, but he wants to move closer to where Two sport he can athlete. maybe make a, a difference. Maybe he just loves Mackenzie Gore. And he's basically looking at Mackenzie Gore Ooh. and he's thinking, you know, this is a guy that people want. They said, oh, he could, could he beat the next, next Kershaw, Kershaw, right? I will go and see. Either he's curious, like, is this legit? Or he wants to yeah. help him kind of achieve that destiny. Maybe Clayton Kershaw loves living in a city, but hates tall buildings. Oh, man. If you hate tall buildings, that is absolutely the place to go. Yeah. Nothing taller than the Capitol. Uh, all right. Last one. Last one. What, what do we got? Who's our final free agent and where will they be signing? I, I have the team, but okay. uh, I won't reveal This one's yet. not interesting. Okay. Is Shohei Otani in here? Whoever, <laughs> you should have put like 12 Otanis in here. That's okay. true. If we were uh, if we were balancing it, Seth Lugo, Seth Lugo will be on the Anaheim Angels. I know if they don't bring Otani back, they'll be really uh, upset. But if Seth Lugo can stabilize that rotation, I think we'll be feeling good. By the way, Jake, you know you could have just made up the fact that you pulled Otani's name out of there. Like no one can actually yeah. see the names that are written on the page. Yeah, but I uh, I I'll am show. a I'm no liar. Here, pull pull someone for the Astros. I'm no liar, Marcus Stroman. Oh, I could actually see. Okay, that. I still haven't. Otani's not in here. Yeah, why wouldn't he be in there? Jorge he's in, Soler. He's in there. Teoscar Hernandez. Okay, he's fine. like deal or no so deal. I haven't this? seen him. Jung Hoo Lee. This There's is like good. Two names left find, in this half. Find Otani and then I'll. Josh Hader. Okay. Once you find him, I'll pick. A, I'll pick the team. Shohei Otani. All is right. It really, the last name out of the hat. There are two more in here. All right. We're we are about to declare who's signing Otani. Here we go. You heard so it I, here now, first. To be fair, I've already gotten rid of the teams. I've already said are no longer in the bucket okay so sorry nats Shohei Otani. sorry royals sorry giants where's he going sorry yankees everyone wants to know 
Tell me the truth, Jordan. He is signing with the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays. You heard it here first. Congratulations, Shohei. Shohei to the trop. That will be. I hope that they can fill the stadium for Shohei Otani. Salvador Dali Museum <laughs> in St. Petersburg. I really hope. I know he had some issues with some attendance in those postseason games. I think I would drive from Tampa Bay to St. Petersburg regularly to see Shohei Otani. But the traffic's really bad. Thank you so much. Those are all the free agents and Let's where see they're how going. How many of those are correct? None of them. <laughs> And welcome back to the end of Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman. They should call him Happy Libs because that's what we are. Let's talk about Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who has been posted. The posting window is open for me on Twitter. The posting window is my whole life. Um, But for Yamamoto, it goes until January 4th. Now, we have not gotten too many rumors with legs quite yet. There's Metron interest. There's a bunch of fans who think their teams are going to get him, but we have nothing concrete. One thing that is concrete enough to laugh about is that Andy Martino reported that the Yankees did not hand out 18, the number 18 in 2023 to save it for Yamamoto, who wears 18 in Japan. And the number 18 in Japan is generally given to the ace. First thing. I don't believe this is true. (laughs) Respectfully, I don't believe this is true. I think they didn't give it out for like logistical reasons and then kind of backfilled this story as an offhanded comment to Andy Martino. That's my actual take about how this happened. Oh, I see. So it's like they want to make it seem like it is true, but it wasn't true initially. I here's. Here's what I think happened. Again, I have no idea. I'm making shit up. Just, okay, come with me. I'm like an, uh, you know, Yankees exec or some agent on the phone being like, yeah, you know, and like, we didn't give away 18. You know, we were saving it for Yamamoto. It's ready. It's ready for him. Which is, you know, it's like banter. And I, and I like Andy, but maybe Andy, you know, misread the vibes and was like, you know, or but, maybe yeah. it's true. But maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's true. Um, now, it is just a hilarious thing because, okay, like, wh- 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 who gives a shit? Like, okay, wow, what a what <laughs> what a sign of respect. Like, yo, know, like Yamamoto, like, you know, there was reports. I mean, we know for a fact Cashman went over there this year to see him, right? Maybe they talked or met. I don't know if that's even allowed. Whatever. But somehow word gets to him. It's like, hey, you know, the Yankees are saving. They're saving 18. He's like, what is he? Why? He's not thinking about that. I mean, maybe maybe that is it's a true sign of respect, sign of courtship. It shows how much they appreciate him. But now, because the story is out there, whether it's true or not, I mean, now I just can't wait to see who's wearing 18 for the Yankees next year. Oh, okay, this- well, actually, what's, what's funnier? Two, two funnier options. The Yankees sign Yamamoto. Well, there's four picks, options. There's four options. There's well, way more than four options. Here, here, let's just throw some options out. Here's the first one. Yankees sign Yamamoto. Doesn't want 18. <laughs> He's like, what? 18? Like, what? He's like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. The, the, then what? Then it's like, what was that? That was weird. That would be hilarious. If um, he signs with the Yankees and wants 18, then I will 
eat crow and take back all the jokes I've made so far because it, it then it worked, right? If this story, if they sign Yamamoto and it comes out after they sign him, we're all like, oh, that's so cute. What a stroke <laughs> of genius, right? But yeah. the sequence of events here makes the Yankees look silly. Then now, there's, they yeah. don't sign Yamamoto and they give away 18 or they don't sign him and they don't give it away. Oh, they're still saving it for him. Just in case. For a trade. For well, a no, because no, then you're saving it for Roki Sasaki. Yeah. You, then we just roll it, we just roll it over to the next to the next Japanese ace. And he's not available to be posted until the Dwayne The Rock Johnson presidential <laughs> administration, I believe. Well, here's the other thing about this. Um, here's another scenario. Trade for Juan Soto. Juan Soto wants to wear 18. Mm. And he's like, oh, sorry, man. Juan Soto's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'll extend. I'll like, I'll actually sign an extension, but you have to give me 18. Roki Sasaki <laughs> wears 17, by the way. Oh, see, there you go. Well, maybe he hasn't graduated to that yet. I'm just trying to think of like who else. Again, I'm just looking at some Yankees that didn't get to wear 18 this year. You know, like maybe I tweeted that asked for it, and they were like, "No, dude, absolutely that, fucking not." I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw because you were dying of COVID, but oh yeah, I tweeted like. Can you imagine Billy McKinney like gets called up when he walks to the, the equipment room and they're like, yeah. what do you want? And he's like 18. And they're like, can't nice. and he there. try again. No name. Well, the other thing is like they wouldn't have given him 18 because the Yankees do this, right? When the Yankees call up a guy, they give them a cockamamie number. Very yeah, rarely do true. they, they spring training a dudes in the middle of the season which is like really kind of embarrassing. <laughs> like Jake Powers was wearing 61 and I believe Billy McKinney well, no, was like wearing... Austin Wells was wearing 88. I mean, I have the numbers up here, right? Wells was wearing 88. Pereira is wearing 80. Um, and some of them never escape it, you know, like yeah. Davey Garcia was still wearing, he was wearing 83, you know, never, never managed to find, <laughs> find a, a lower number. I, I just think, yeah, I, it is because again, 18, two is like one of the lowest non-retired Yankees numbers. You know, it's so, so like, funny it how many one. like there is a brand a saw us like a flavor of Yankees fan that cares so much about the numbers <laughs> so much. And the overlap between that type of Yankees fan and the person listening to our show, I would imagine is Ooh. not zero. And to those mm. folks, my heart goes out to you. Here. I'm so sorry. No, I'll atone on Yom I, Kipper I next year. The passion. Yeah. Uh, one more topic before we get out of here. The Oakland Athletics are going to leave, and that's a bummer. We know that. They're going to go to Vegas. Unlike unlike us, do you think if the A's, if the A's, the A's are moving to Vegas and we will have, to, not have to, but we will go watch them there at some point. That will happen in our lives. We have been to Las Vegas to watch baseball before. Yes. However, do you think that you would have ever gone to Las Vegas again <laughs> had the A's Probably not because... Moved? Just assuming the winter meetings will be there mm. again. Otherwise, it's not near the top of my list to go back again. Like if I had never been there before, I maybe would have made it a point to go there at some point. Didn't you go with your family on vacation before you guys were even like you were? Twenty. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was like parlayed into like a, a like a scenic Utah trip. So it was okay. kind of a combo. But it was a very funny. That was like also Christmas. Great, 
Jewish thing, right? <laughs> Traveling on Christmas and going to places Huge. where you, you can imagine how bizarre of a scene that was uh, Christmas in Vegas. Anyway, um, so there are I, positives. I get, I get your point. Positives and negatives about being Jewish. Getting to travel on Christmas, enormous, Way huge. Up. Wouldn't trade that, trade that for the world. Uh, anyway, tangent, the uh, the A's are leaving Oakland, <laughs> but the Oakland baseball community, they're getting a team. The Oakland Ballers, a.k.a. the Oakland Bees, are heading to town as an independent team in the independent Pioneer League. The Pioneer League used to be an affiliated minor league. Uh, all the teams up in Montana, Idaho, Northern Colorado. That was one of the leagues that got axed when MLB uh, re reduced the number of minor league clubs mm -hmm. and is now an independent league. A lot of those teams are still in existence and the Oakland Ballers will join that group. But what makes them unique is that they are owned and run by A's fans. That's badass. And the reason why I'm so interested in this is a few reasons. So there's a lot of um, major, like former major league people involved. Don Wakamatsu, who's a, a local dude, who's of course managing the major leagues. He's in, you know going to be the. Uh, sounds like he's going to be there. They're listing him as the EVP of, of baseball operations. Let's let's make him the Pobo. Come on, let's let's just make Don the Pobo. We just, let's just treat ourselves like big leaguers. This is good. Anyway, Pobo. Here's the thing about this. Now again, it's it's a lot easier to to start a team like this, uh, indie team like this, uh, essentially on the fly if you have the money. They're playing next year, and the A's are still going to be there next year. And I know they're, I believe, playing or planning on playing like at the or at or near the Laney College site. Um, again, somewhere in Oakland, like they're going to play. Now there's some logistical things with this that are certainly interesting. Most of the Pioneer League is in Idaho, Montana, Colorado. They're apparently adding another team in California that they haven't announced yet this uh, this offseason. So that'll be 12 teams for this league. Um, but I mean, it seems like parts of the Pioneer League have clearly sustained. This is one of the oldest leagues in the country. And I'm just really fascinated to see what kind of fan experience they can kind of create considering the fans are essentially the, the founders. Um, so I'm, I'm fascinated by this and I know that I, I honestly feel bad because leagues like the pioneer league, the leagues that have kind of got cut out from MILB have unfortunately fallen kind of out of the radar for me personally, because that level, I, I don't have as much incentive and, and an easy way to really follow it in ways that I do other college leagues or minor leagues that are involved with the draft or involved with, you know, international baseball, stuff like that. So I know these leagues are still there and I know that there are people that still go to these games that, that pay for tickets and, and independent ball should still be a thing that exists for sure. Yes. And so this is really important that leagues like this continue to exist in this country. It is this what is makes our sport really special in a lot of ways. And that's been true for a hundred years. So I hope that that's still true. And if that can be true with this Oakland team, that would be incredibly cool. This team is going to draw a lot of eyeballs to this league in a very cool way. Mm -hmm. um, there are going to be games where there are more people at the B's games than the A's games. <laughs> I think yeah. the A's fan groups are going to make sure of that. Like they're, they're, they're going to, I bet, organize nights where that's the case. But to put it in perspective, like the Idaho Falls uh, Chukars were founded in 1940. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are older. They have existed longer. There has been a team in Idaho Falls longer than some than over half of the big league teams. 
right? And so baseball matters to those communities. And so the bees existing is not just keeping baseball, professional baseball in Oakland. It's helping to draw more eyeballs and attention to other parts of the country where baseball has existed for a long time. Totally. Also, yeah. the the name is the name oh, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I guess they probably could have picked a lot of other B words, but I support this one. <laughs> I here's a take. Here's a assuming take. they were committed to the being the bees. <laughs> Do you think someone pitched the Z's? I would have been mm. the Z's from the A's to the Z's. Right. I see that. And you want to be like as far of the opposite. But disease a... imply sleep. Right. Yeah. I think this is, I, I mean, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, 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 and I'm, I'm honestly just like so fat. I'm, I'm there. Listen, we have a lot of expansion projects in Portland and Nashville. And like, there's all these different kinds. There's so much baseball. We talk about this all the time, which is a, which is a great thing, but it's often hard to kind of keep track of it all at once. But this is a project I am really going to keep my eye on because, um, and the kind of thing that like, man, if they're playing next summer, I want to find a way to go to one of those games. I'm yeah. just super fascinated to see, you know, what that's going to look like because apparently they're playing next year, which is, which is a pretty wild thing, right? You know, this, this A situation is going to take a lot longer to, to, to be resolved, but this seems like something that is, uh, is actually coming. So I, I hope it really does happen um, because sometimes, sometimes you get announcements like this and it doesn't go anywhere. Seems like there's enough support in this case um, that this, you know, there's a lot of traction here, which is really exciting. So if you know any more about this or if you are an Oakland native or if you've been involved, like I would love to hear more from how A's fans feel about this and, and whatnot. Um, I know I know the Pioneer League is, is a foreign concept for people in California, but still for general, you know, I think, I think it's a really cool opportunity. So really excited to see where all that goes. Uh, all right, Jake. Let's uh, let's end the podcast. Um, it's uh, again, you know, we're recording this Thursday night. You are going to Wake Forest on Friday. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that before we say goodbye? Yeah, I will be the MC and host of the Wake Forest Bridge Seminar, which is happening over the weekend in Winston Salem on campus. Wake Forest. And their baseball, uh, their pitching laboratory is like the foremost expert group in the world when it comes to pitching development and technology. And they do a conference every year where the idea is to kind of bridge the gap between what they know and what other very smart people around the baseball world know and bring everyone together in one place to share ideas. All the people speaking and presenting at this are so much smarter than me and know way more things about baseball development and technology and medicine and biomechanics than I do. It is an area that I'm super interested in and honored that I was asked to come and host it. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. I will hopefully be picking you up from the airport on Sunday in Nashville. I'll be driving down from my Indiana abode um, and hopefully feeling a lot better. I, I am already feeling a lot better, just to be clear. So I know I don't sound great, but Fever's been gone. We're trending in the right direction. Should be good to go for the winter meetings next week where we will be joining you. That is where we will be recording. I don't know if we'll record Sunday night. We'll see. But uh, me, you, Chris Tyler, producer Chris, will be there as well. So excited to hang out with Chris once again and uh, see all of our baseball friends and maybe some baseball stuff will happen. So uh, we'll probably record on Sunday, especially if some stuff happens uh, over the weekend. But until then... 
Hopefully everyone can avoid COVID because it sucks and stay healthy. You can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting us. If you want to support us more, rate and review the pod wherever you listen to it. Uh, we know you're listening, so thank you. Those Spotify rap, you know, screenshots are very kind. Um, but yeah, rating and reviewing the show is really a great way to boost it so that others can listen to hundreds of thousands of minutes like some of you people have for some reason. We really appreciate it. It's very kind of you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jake. And we will talk to you all next week in Nashville, Tennessee. Serious XM Podcasts.